Jomisane, I get a phone call. And on this phone call here, a friend of mine says to me, oops, it looks like my builder has just built on the building line. And I said, so why are you calling me? Because I'm not a builder. He says, but TJ, you are a property investor. Maybe you have had this problem before. And I said, no, because I don't build from scratch. But let me come and have a look. I went to see, and when I checked on the plans, I actually realized that they had actually encroached on the next door. It wasn't just on the building line that they built. Is this a common problem to me, son? It's a common problem, especially where people build without approved building plans, build before plans are drawn, or build before plans are submitted to council. It becomes a common, uh, you know, issue, and it also creates tension between neighbors. One of the instances that we once had was in a township called Wadela in the Caltonville area on the West End, where there was a lot of panhandles. People ended up building even houses on those panhandles. Remember, panhandles is just a channel to let a property owner have access into their property because there's no any other way where they can have access. So sometimes you find the person has built a garage on top of that panhandle. They have taken a meter or so. And normally, a standard uh, panhandle is about 3 meter, 3.5 meters because a car can be able to pass there. If you take a meter away from there, then a car, a car cannot pass. It means that person must find another way to enter or must park on the road or on the street. So those are common. And the challenge is once a structure is up, it's very much challenging to demolish that structure because then now we have to involve the legal people. We have to get a court order to demolish it. And most of the instances, the very same people that do not have building plans are the very same ones that become arrogant and stubborn than to you know, play a role to say, how do we fix and correct this? So I'll say it's a very, very, very common process and it's a very common issue, especially in the townships now where people are also building back rooms everywhere else. Sometimes they even build on top of sewer pipes without them even knowing. Boom, boom. My name is Tarai Jack, and welcome to M5 Property Addicts. And we are talking about anything and everything around real estate. But in particular, I want to introduce to you uh, Dumisani, who is my co-host in terms of town planning. I know nothing about it. That's why I hang out with him. And we are going to dive in into detail about building on building lines. But let me introduce to you Dumisani. Dumisani, good morning, good afternoon, Awe, what's going on? Um, how do you say hi in French? Bonjour? Bonjour, yes. English, bonjour, yes. Good. Hola, hola. Let me get the township one later. All sub stuff. All sub stuff. you've been a town planner for a while. You started off back in the days. You actually worked for, for the council before. Uh, you are certified to be a town planner. Uh, you're working with me also, and you work with so many other people uh, that do property investments. And um, we are talking about today, we want to cover the topic of building on building lines, right? Uh, or building on anything else that you are not allowed to be building on. And we're saying that this is actually a common problem. Um, let, let's Let's sort of like unpack it a little bit, right? So when we're saying that one is building on building lines, what does that mean to someone else 
they've never built a house before. Okay, so every property, whether a farm, whether an earth, a stand, an agricultural holding, will have what we call building line restrictions. So it's an imaginary line. You'll not go to the property and see it. So it's an imaginary line. It's on paper and it's just an imaginary line. So right. let's right. talk on formalized townships where you have now stands and urban and yes, yes. So there, what you will find is that, let's say stand number one, Tef Loop, or stand number one, Tef Club, or stand number one, Brian or stand number one, uh, Jabulani or Jabavu, you know, in, in so So it will have what we call a building line on the street, which will normally be a five meter or a three meter, meaning from where your property starts from the street, you, are, you cannot build within the three meter moving inside your property. Then on the side and at the back, it will normally be two meters or one meter, depending on the size of the property and on the zoning of the property. So let's just work on the standard of the five and the two meters. So it's five meters in front, two meters on all other sides. Number one, the building lines were done to ensure that you don't have buildings in front of the street, especially too close to the street, so that if an accident was to happen, it takes a little bit of a time for a car to break before it just bumps into your house, for mm. an example. Somewhere it will be because there's municipal services that run in front of the road. So you do not want when they come to do maintenance and start digging, because you might remember, the ones that will run in front will normally be big pipes. They carry pressure and all of that. So you do not want the day they come to do maintenance, when they dig now, they, they do not have where they can put the rubble or the sand that they are digging out. Then they start pouring it on top of your house or on your stove and all of that. So you normally create that buffer. On the sides, it was also to ensure that if buildings were to bear, the fire doesn't move from your building to your neighbor because it has that two meter. That two meter will give it a gap. Two meter on your side, two meter on your neighbor. That is four meters. So it is not going to be easily spread. It can be stopped quicker and easier before it gets spread. At the back, especially nowadays, we try to put services to run there. Reason being, it becomes cheaper and easier because if a service runs on what we call a mid-block, so the backside, we normally call it a mid-block. When it runs there, it can service both the properties on one pipe. But if it runs in front, it means it's one pipe this side, for the stand that is at the back, it has to run on the other street. So it ends up costing a lot of money also for, for council. So a building line is just those imaginary lines to try and eliminate the challenges that I've just uh, um, set now. I think that the problem really starts off from this topic, or should I say, one of your responses says, they are imaginary lines, so nobody sees them, right? Because I'm going to take an example. Your grandmother and my grandmother uh, are no different from Trevor Noah's grandmother. And yes. uh, basically, I remember uh, Trevor Noah, you know, publicly talking about his experience as a child when he had an imaginary friend. And the Gogos went on to clap in to say, you do not have imaginary friends. You know, it's Togolosh. Who are those people that you are thinking that it's a, imaginary friends? Now, yes. Dumisani, you are saying that we should take the same imaginary imagination now and bring it into real life to say how there should be some lines here. That 
I mean, the concept here, Dinzani, is, is contradicting to our belief systems now, where you are now wanting us to have a marginal life. Could this be the problem in our communities where, you know, being imaginary, so no, no, you know, uh, we have to see that the line is here. And because we can see the line is here, then we cannot build there. Because I want to give you an example. I have seen so many houses where a car hits the wall of a house and it's in someone's bedroom. Right? Or yes. we have seen um, the sewer literally coming out of someone's kitchen. I've seen that. I've got a video on one of my boys um, and he runs the, the, the club called the Ekasi Properties. And I went to see one of his properties and basically behind his property runs a water pipe. That's the, that's the council had put in there. But his neighbor went on to build a cottage on top of it. So for that reason, what has no to found. But if you really think of it hard, if there is a big storm, and by the way, we are not immune to storms. It happened recently now, right? With cyclone, is it Jacqueline? Whatever yes. Cy cyclone that came in. So what will happen there? So I think, I don't know. Is there a way to move away from these imaginary lines to actually put in the lines on the boundaries? Or is this the boundary that we are supposed to be putting in as normal lines? Um, so what you're saying is that you have a plot or a stand. So your building lines, it's not your boundary walls. So you've got boundary walls and then you've got building lines. It's two different things there. Yes. Hmm. Yes, yes. So it's two di different things. And I think you are correct when you say to our grandmothers, our grandfathers, it would normally be a challenge and to some of us who might maybe have parents that are above 70 and all of that, it might be that, that challenge. However, that is why when you do, and I always say to people, because people will say, but this is my property. Why can't I do whatever that I want or as I want? I hmm. say to you, this is your car, but you cannot just drive it anyhow because it is an impact to the next person that is on the street, whether pedestrian or also driving. So with your property also, you cannot just do anything because it has an impact to your neighbors, you see, because if your neighbors were also just to tomorrow wake up, they build a 20-story building, you know, then there's this big shade, your house is always cold because there's no sunlight that comes in and all of that. You see how unfair it becomes. So that is why when people build, to appoint an architect also to do you building plans, it's important because part of doing the building plan is to indicate to you to say there's what we call building lines because right. when they draw, mm -hmm. they, they are taught the architects also to say there's building lines. So they will know to say there's a building line. Now your garage, it, it encroaches. And remember, people must know this building lines doesn't mean you cannot build in them, but you need to get permission to build within them. So it's not as if they are there to stop you building. It's just that you just need permission so that council knows that if we are giving you a zero meter building line and fire was to happen tomorrow, how do you design your building in a way that fire cannot spread easily to your neighbor? 
You see, right. it's a reality. It's not every day where we have a building span, but when a building bends, you cannot extinguish with a cup of uh, coffee. You know, you need a lot of water. You need a lot of things. Sometimes to even remove the furniture in the house, it can be a challenge. Sometimes it would bend with everything in there. So the, the lines are imaginary, but on a plan, they are more visual. So a town planner can advise, an architect can also advise on to say, these are your building restrictions, then how do you work around those restrictions? Dumisani, it almost comes to collaboration now. So in this case, I've appointed you as my town planner, but now you have other professions that are now coming in because you don't do the building, right? You're a strong guy, muscles, but you, you're not a builder, right? You're a town planner. Now there's a collaboration with another professional that we really haven't spoken to quite a lot on here, who is the architect, right? So the next level of actually making sure that whatever structure that you're putting in place is, the town planner is kind of like town planning, right? And then now you're coming through to a level of an architect. And the architect is the one that's going to draw what's going to be the structure of the house. Working in collaboration with a town planner, can a town planner be an architect in the other way around? A town planner can be an architect subject to that you have been trained and you went to school to do architect. For example, I did what you call a drafting architectural certificate. So right. where I am at, I'm a draftsman architect. So I can draw, even though there might be certain limits, and I need a mentor to monitor some of the buildings that I do. For an example, I cannot draw an FNP alone because I'm not a 100% or a total fully-fledged architect. You see, right. So I can draw it, but for me to submit and all that, I need to submit to the architect to now check and ensure that it complies to all this, the, the, the standards. So... A town planner can be an architect. I have friends that are town planners and are also quantity surveyors. They went and did also a quantity surveying course. Mm. They are now quantity mm. surveyors. I'm, I'm doing my LLB because I, I, want, I want to also specialize in property law and the town planning. So you can be multi-talented or you can be multi-skilled and multi-practicing for as long as you comply with all the measures that are put into place. Awesome stuff. Having said that, I then want to talk to the point to say, but we're talking about building lines here, right? And now you've got an opportunity where you now have a piece of stand or plot, whatever it is, because now we're putting in a structure. Town planner speaks to the architect, then the architect is now going to draw the plans. On drawing these plans, they can build, or should I say, they can draw within the, the, the building lines, they can speak to the town planner so that they can go outside the building lines. Uh, and some motivation is then needed there. So it's a collaboration. And you take it into the council. A council says, yay, sharp, that's great. And out of that, you then, uh, the architect now takes that in. If it is approved, that is where the builder is now going to work off from and build the structure under the guidance of an architect. This doesn't happen quite a lot to me, Sunny. I see quite a lot of people that go in and say, I want a bedroom, build here, build here, let's put the door here. And yes, I think yes, this yes. is where the biggest challenge is. 
Yes, that's where the biggest challenge is at because people might, you know, I've worked in, 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 in this sector for some time that I've even, you know, engaged with the actual contractor on site. Sometimes right. when you pass, you say, hey, people are building here. Let me just go in and just find out what is happening. Then you ask, oh, you are building, what are you building? No, I'm building a double-story back room where they want to do rentable rooms. Oh, no, that is nice. So where is the plan? No, the plan we just threw here on the ground to say it must look like this, go like that. And there's not even measurements. Eh? It's just something that was drawn just on the ground with a finger, you know, like this is how it must be. And that's that's that. So the builder, the, the builder himself or herself decide how big the rooms <laughs> are, how small they are, and all of, and all of that. And that's where the challenge is. is. I, I apologize to love to design it, but I mean, <laughs> it is money that you're putting on the ground. And it's an investment. It's supposed to be an investment. What is the worst that can happen? Let's say the council finds out. For, for me, my worry is not even council. And this has happened in yeah. Tembisa. Yeah. For me, the biggest issue is you put a double story. Remember, you put a slab. There's no yeah. engineer who came to check whether your walls can handle that slab. Then yeah. people start yeah. putting furniture and they move around. They keep on putting pressure on that slab. One collapsed and a person died. You see, they had to pay the ultimate price losing their lives so for me i normally say to people you look at it as an investment only in terms of money but i'm saying do you know that if someone can die there and even if you go and rebuild it correctly there's already a stigma to say somebody died there you might end up not even having tenants it will be just a house to let you see because sure. with council sure. finding out council has to push you to ensure that you comply Council can push to ensure that you comply and everything else, but if the structure is not building to standard, it collapses, then someone dies. What, well, what's next? You end up being imprisoned, you know, for culpable homicide. Um, you know, I invest in Cape Town. And the city of Cape Town, uh, I see in some areas they have no mercy. They'll tell you that demolition. Yes. Um, and I actually want to correct my statement. It's not no mercy. They're doing the right thing, right? Uh, and I think if we start thinking about what could happen, loss of life and things like that, I think as property investors, we should then start coming back to our senses. But I've also met quite a lot of people that invest in property and who have never gone to school, who are very ignorant around property laws, who are also very ignorant around just improving themselves. So they don't know what they don't know. And for that reason, they're a great risk to themselves and a humongous risk to the society. And I think this is where the biggest problem for me. And Dumusani, this is the reason why I started this. Because I wanted the stories, I wanted the education and the awareness to be available. Like, like on this show here, we're not going to teach you how to become a town planner. Dumsani doesn't have that time. But every week we are here so that we can give you a teaser, 
And in your mind, we can create awareness to say, you can do it this way. Or if you actually didn't know and you've done it, you can rectify it. But above all, we can talk about this, but the onus is still in your hands. The obligation is in your hands to do the right thing on the right structure. My team and I will buy old buildings and old buildings has great structures in them. The structure integrity is humongous. I bought this one building at one point and we engaged the engineer and he says to me, look, your building is three stories. You can actually double it up because of your foundation that was put in here a few years ago. But it made me to think a little bit in terms of, is he saying the infrastructure was more solid back then than what we are actually building? So can I take today's building and then just so much go three more stories and is the integrity still sound as it was back in the day? It's just a question that I ask myself, but on a very, very serious note, I think on this building lines, we have had many conversations. We have had talks of how to be compliant. If any show of any of our, all of our episodes, this is the show that we need to be extremely serious. And I'm hoping that if you are watching this, you can literally take this, you can copy it on your social media, and so that we can be able to touch as many people who are also building. There could be building for the purposes of just a back room. There could be building for just, you know, because the land next door is empty and they know it's a panhandle. But the point is that the dangers that it comes with, not just to yourself, but to the society at large, is immense. And I cannot imagine if I am to die because of someone's wrongdoing and my kids do not have a father for the rest of their lives. And I could still be able to think. And this is how serious this conversation of building into certain lines. And I, you know, I, I was a little bit jovial and I was starting off in the conversation. I said to you, Domisani, earlier on, I have seen a house, a car that drove in someone's house. Or the, on the boundary, and there it was, it was in someone's bed. So I don't know how we can communicate to Misani, but I'm going to give you the reins to finish off and we can sign off. But for me, I don't know, this is, this is extremely serious, man. Yeah. As I always say to say, if you have a toothache, you don't remove your own. Sure. You go to a dentist. I know at times people might think, Professionals are expensive. Have some, someone talk to them, find a way of how then to, you know, reimburse them or how to, you know, pay for their fees that they are charging. It can be, you can make an arrangement, but my plea would be let's comply as much as possible. Because the very same issue you are talking about, imagine where one is built on top of a big, you know, electrical voltage uh, so, cable, uh, then it happens that one day something happens, then it 
you know, just blows them. Just imagine how many lives would be lost, how many structures would collapse and injure people and hurt people. You mm -hmm. are saying a child loses the father or the mother or the parent or the brother or the sister due to somebody being, you know, careless. And as a developer, try to be credible. One of the things we strive ourselves with at Knox is that we will never let you, we'll never get involved in a project where we see there's no project. We'll never get involved in a project where we see that it's going to pose challenges for us in future. Because if I advise you wrong, my practice number can be withdrawn, can be cancelled, right. can be stopped from operating. So whatever that I advise you on, I have to really think about it and apply my mind and my experience and ask advice. If it's something I've never done, I'll tell you that this one I've never done. Let me ask for advice first before I can even move forward. So my, my closing remarks would be, when you invest, it's not peanuts. It's not money that you just picked up somewhere in the street. You want good things, credible things, things that will last long. However, plan correct so that they remain all the way. If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. So plan and ensure that your plans become co co correct. Get professionals involved. They might cost you now, but the rewards later, you will never regret. Enjoy the rest of your week. Awesome stuff. We'll check you out on the next videos. Thank you.